coming live, uh, doing, of course, my new show called Ask Sam. And today we're going to crack some more codes when it comes to understanding real estate. And I think these sort of five-minute power lessons are absolutely worthwhile. Uh, Absolutely, we can uh, every single day get together and formulate a bit of a plan when it comes to building wealth out of real estate. So if you're new to the show, as I am, because this is only the second show of Ask Sam, we get together on a daily basis and answer some critical questions when it comes to understanding real estate, just so we can nudge ourselves in the right direction. Uh, should we do the show today? I don't know. We never know until we get to the end whether it's a good show or something we should have chucked in the bin. So just a reminder, uh, if you haven't met me before, I'm Sam Saggers. Uh, I coach people on real estate. And you're probably listening in from one of our many Facebook groups where property investors and like-minded individuals get together, talk about real estate. Really, the purpose of the show today is to absolutely give people confidence that they can ask questions and we can facilitate uh absolutely um, content and uh, and the answers to many riddles in the real estate marketplace. So it's really simple. All you're going to do is put your questions in the chat box. And uh, for me, I will run around and try and ask some of those questions. Uh, good morning, many listeners. We've, we've had a big night actually in the village of property. We had a, a big mentoring program last night. It was pretty awesome. Uh, it went for about three hours talking nonstop about property and the idea of wealth. Good morning, Alison. Thanks for tuning in. Um, that's awesome of you to come along today. Uh, so really, we need to probably kick off uh, today's question, which is what will happen to property when the market corrects? It's a pretty big question. And obviously, right now, Real estate is going up in value and for us as property investors, it's really important we don't fall into the fad of property investing, rather we follow some foundational principles when it comes to buying real estate. After all, after expansion comes contraction. That's how generally the markets work. They expand and then they do really contract. And it is that conversation around contraction today, which I want to have with everyone tuning in. Good morning, new listeners. Uh, and Alison's got a question. I'm going to get to that question. I'm going to do that question tomorrow, Alison. You can rely on me. Hey, here's some interesting statistics. Uh, around a million people own real estate today that have never actually ever seen a mortgage increase or a rate increase on their asset. So there's a lot of people playing the real estate marketplace who probably haven't seen or experienced anything different other than paying less to own real estate. I guess uh, if we analyze the rate marketplace, it has dropped away over the last 10 years. And really, for about 10 or 12 years, people have just been paying less and less money for real estate. This is creating a little bit of 
what I call blunder deals, which people are rushing out and buying, what we call faux pas equity deals, deals which kind of can make you money in the boom, but as soon as the contraction parts uh, comes to the market, these deals will, will equally go back down in value. Now, this happened to me. I've been through this. I've got the lashes on the back when it comes to, um, I guess, buying a property pre-boom, watching the boom happen, and then watching the contraction come into play. And I, I learned a lot from that experience. I bought in the Gold Coast in 2005. I bought a property for $380,000. I thought it was in a really good location. It scooted up in value to about $470,000 when uh, the peak of the market was in play. So I was up. I was feeling really confident about that deal. Then, of course, the market contracted and we had a correction in economics. And by 2009, that property I'd bought for $380,000 that had grown in value to $470,000 was now worth $320,000. I went on this kind of sawtooth dynamic. So there were some critical things that I failed at when it came to understanding real estate. I want to talk to you about these sort of critical ideas about protecting yourself when it comes to owning real estate and being as much a defensive chess player as an attacking chess player. I think a lot of people today actually are betting on the market going up without actually betting on the market going out and then putting some defensive strategies in place. Obviously, the critical things I certainly learned at that period of time for me was real estate is real. It's a real asset. And real assets can quickly become liabilities. For me, at that time, I bought a pretty rundown property. And when the correction came, that asset actually became a liability. Rates went up, the cost to own the property went up, and repairs and maintenance and so forth didn't go away. So rather than being left with an asset which was income producing, I was actually left with a real liability. And this is the big challenge with real estate. How do we come out of this growth cycle with assets that perform and continue to form, not come out of the growth cycle with liabilities? Because uh, for me, learning from that experience, I ended up buying uh, a property which was a bit run down. It was in a C-grade location. Locals didn't particularly like the property. And demographically speaking, it was in uh, an area, even today, I'm a bit embarrassed by it. Uh, when I've driven through that area today, even hardcore locals, which I now know, you know, refer to it as a bit of an icy kind of marketplace. If you want to score some drugs, you go to that particular area. So uh, really the lesson that I learned after an expansion is that an contraction does come. And to deal with the contraction, it's really important to buy A and B grade owner-occupier stock. And we often, I often refer to this as the flight to quality marketplace. In other words, when there is a downturn, people will fly into the quality. And this is, this is a, an economic term. It's known as the fight to quality. 
it really is a defensive move and and fundamentally it's about, I guess, uh, holding on to these assets and making sure that they're going to perform, perform as much in the downturn as they do in the upturn. Now, the other way to consider flight to quality is the certainty game, right? When things are uncertain, people rush to certainty. Assets which are uh, fundamentally give people absolutely peace of mind. And in a downturn, really, people or investors see stronger assets as more stable. And this is really just human psychology. They see them as absolutely uh, bankable, and so they're more popular in a downturn. So assets that have a better demographic profile, assets which are in proven locations, real estate location, 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 and assets which are not a burden on your cash flow tend to be considered very good flight to quality pieces of real estate. And of course, when the contraction comes, these are the assets you want because they lose less value in a downturn, meaning the wealth you create in the upshift is going to be kept and available for you to use. And if you use an equity lock where you lock in your equity at the peak of the market, you certainly are well on your way to redistributing that wealth into more assets and building a more stable foundation. I guess let me ask a couple of questions. For example, uh, do you really want to hold an asset where the majority of people in that area, if there was a rate increase, would be unable to afford the properties they own today? This is a critical question when it comes to the idea of defense. And further to that, do you really want to own an asset where there is high debt ratios in the marketplace and people have fundamentally not ever paid off debt in those particular areas? Again, in an upturn, this is the stuff that people don't look into because the fad of buying real estate comes into play. However, in a downturn, these become really critical conversation piece. Also, do you really want to own an asset that becomes a liability? What do I mean by that? Real estate is a real object. It is bricks, it is mortar, it is plumbing, it is repairs, it is maintenance. And again, one of the biggest challenges in a downturn is operational risk. If an asset is kind of considered run down, a little bit past its use-by date, when the market corrects, people don't fly into that asset. It is not something that in a downturn, people want to get their hands on. Remember, real estate is a real asset and can quickly become a liability. So if an asset sucks out your cash flow, it's not an asset. It is fundamentally a liability. So You've got to work out how to avoid this stuff. Obviously, the real estate market is pretty buoyant at the moment. And I just love finding deals which I know are going to be really secure in both the ups and downs of real estate. And of course, this is how the longevity of wealth comes into play. Hey, I can see lots of questions have come in. I'm looking forward to answer, answering some of those questions. Uh, Yesterday, some questions came in and I failed to answer them. I failed to even write them down. So uh, 
today I'm going to learn from my new software and write down some of these questions. Well, that's it for today's show. Hope you've enjoyed tuning in to Ask Sam. I'll catch you tomorrow and we'll crack some more real estate code, code cracking stuff when it comes to understanding the real estate market. Hope you enjoyed what we went through today. All the best. See you tomorrow.